This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, <laughs> Frank Proctor. I'm just giggling here. Oh We're both kind of giggling. Um, Charlie is wearing a pair of shorts uh, today into in work, and I said, Unlike wow, you. what a set of gams. Uh, <laughs> And you, I know we're just we're going way back yeah. in our well. In I our used lingo. another phrase. It was top drawer. Yeah, somebody wasn't feeling quite top drawer. drawer. Yes, man, I just feel like I, you know, one hundred and forty years get, old no, with, no. with those well, kinds of we're phrases. We're going to jump. We're going to jump into tomorrow, let alone just today. All right, tomorrow. By the way, we're going to make these these phrases the come back. Yeah, I think. yeah. Of course, we're all used to saying AM seven forty Zuma Radio, mm-hmm. but keep in mind that on Monday you can also tune us in via FM. 96.7 FM. And like particularly in the downtown area, it's going to be a huge improvement. Yeah, downtown Toronto's got some issues with uh, streetcar yeah, uh, wires. Oh, the AM signal's not great. Yep, It's yep, not but, great for any station. But I'll tell you, uh, by going to 96.7 FM... It should be clear. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, you're just going to get the same thing you, you're hearing now on AM740. Yeah. Only better. Uh, exactly. So we'll be, be we're truly going to be across the universe. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a broad thinker, aren't you? Oh, my gosh. Well... All right, you and your gams, what do we got? <laughs> oh, you know what? I could get the numbers sure, on here. Sure, give the numbers All and right. then I'll tell you okay. what we've got. So, for our listeners in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Remember our mantra, call early, call often, one question per call, and please... Let Sebastian know if you are a first-time caller, and you will Ow. earn... Oh, <laughs> is it a little loud, was it? Yeah. Ring the bell for first-time callers. Okay. But that's the welcome bell. That's exactly it. And that gives you your wings so that you can sprout out and fly through the garden with joy and oh, all that important stuff. So, <laughs> okay, so you can tell uh, show, yes. I've been out, <laughs> been out and about this week. Have you ever, yeah? Uh, yes, indeed. I was in Prince Edward County for a number of days, yeah, I think yeah. I told you, uh, which was lovely. I did connect with Colin Campbell of Campbell's Orchards, and I nailed him down. He will be here in studio, our guest, on September the 12th. And he it runs a very big orchard and oh, fruit great. and vegetable yeah. market and uh, it's family run business. He's been he himself has been running it for him and his wife now and is family. He actually coming into the studio? He is. He's coming wow, into the studio and he's going to bring apples. Oh. So we're going to be doing apple tasting and and talk about apples. So if you've got fruit tree questions or anything to do with, he will get to the core of the problem. Oh, there oh, we go. Right, it's going to be go, one yeah. of those days. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. And uh, all right. What else is going on here? I wanted to tell you uh, yesterday yeah. I had a TV crew come into my garden oh, yeah. all the way from Buffalo. W-N-E-D. Yeah, that's right. W-N-E-D, yeah. uh, public television. I uh, was in my garden. We shot some segments, mm-hmm. which are all going to be edited over the winter into a, a gardening special. And it will air in the spring in March. And I will tell you, hopefully I'll know in advance when it's airing and then we can all watch and laugh and giggle. So that's coming up, and that was quite a bit of fun. I also wanted to say hello to my mom, who I think is listening. So hello, Dolly. Hey, Dolly. And hello, uh, Dolly. Well, oh, sorry. It's okay. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. So big shout out to my mom, and then a couple of uh, a sort of announcements. I did mention these last week. Wednesday, September 9th, Burlington Hort Society General Meeting and Flower Show, seven thirty p.m. in the Burlington Senior Center which, of course, is 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. Um, also, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society meets on Sunday, September 13th, 2 p.m. at the RBG Centre, which is located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. They meet in rooms, rooms number one and two. Roger Shantz will be speaking uh, all about his trial garden program, and he will also share some experience with um, his roses that he's been trialing for a number of years. So lots going on in those areas. And then just to save the date, this is quite a bit in the future, but this Mm -hmm. kind of grabbed my eye. November the 6th, Friday, November 6th, all day, 8.30 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon, the Toronto Botanical Gardens is hosting a forum on beneficial biodiversity. Wow. Yeah. It's a forum. And what date is that again? I'm sorry. Friday, November 6th. Okay. So it's quite a bit in the future. It is an all-day event. It's a symposium connecting uh, all kinds of different people on the subject of urban biodiversity. There'll be scientists, educators, landscape designers, urban farmers, and artists from Canada and the United States. All kinds of presentations. And uh, actually, like I said, it really grabbed my eye. I think that's going to be quite a bit of fun. And we'll I'm be planning to, to attend that. Show sure enough. All righty. Uh, well, we have to scoot along here. We have a number of folks waiting to chat Excellent. with you. Uh, Rochelle, Shelley, and Selma, to, just to name a few. And uh, we'll be talking to those folks in mere moments from now here on The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Frank Proctor here, sous chef of the garden. Now, you know Shirley, my, my lady Shirley. I do, yes. She, she has a wonderful chalet uh, up in Georgian Peaks, which is very near Collingwood. Mm-hmm. And we often go up there, just check the place out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. Uh, we passed through this wonderful little town, mm, Cremore. It's lovely. That that area, well, particularly going through Cremore and then up the hill, the view yeah. from up top the hill, it is absolutely spectacular. Well, it's all rolling hills oh, in there. There's lovely views. Beautiful, absolutely. beautiful. Yeah. And why I say that is because mm-hmm. we have a caller from Cremore on the line right now. Rochelle, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. I have a meh tree. It's actually a meh shrub, and I call it meh because you look at it and you say meh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it doesn't flower. It doesn't uh, fruit. And it's kind of disappointing? 
Well, it's just uh, a nuisance. It's grown up in front of our window. Oh, yeah. So, is it green? What does it look like? Uh, I'm looking at a leaf now. It has uh, tiny sawtooth edges. Mm-hmm. You know, tiny sawtooth. Mm-hmm. And the um, and the leaf is kind of wavy. Oh yeah, which I've never seen before. So I googled wavy leaves, and I got sort of buckthorn, which it doesn't have a thorn. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's a very vigorous shrub. So is it like a bright green, like an emerald green, or is it a dark, dark green, or what shade of green? Yes. It's, yes. it's a dark green, oh, okay. and it has, uh, you know, um, leaf-shaped leaves. You know, Rochelle, you know what would be really helpful? It's very difficult for Charlie to diagnose anything on the air, given the description you've given us. <laughs> so could you possibly take a picture of that? And do you have uh, uh, your hands on a computer there or someone? Or a cell phone. Either. Yeah, cell phone maybe. Uh, just shoot okay, a picture. I can I can do that yeah. on Monday. Yeah, All right, yeah. Take okay. a picture of a leaf, preferably, and then also take a picture of the shrub if you can. Today is a perfect day for photography because mm-hmm. it's overcast. And uh, and yeah, just email me a picture. Then I can at least see what kind of plant it is. Whether it's you know an invasive species you don't want, or it's something that we you could make it into something nicer, or whether it's just compost. Yeah. Now you get a piece of paper and pencil if you will. Okay, and in just moments, I'll give you a chance to do that, so you can hang up now and run to that piece of paper and pencil, and I'll give it to you I in just, just a couple of moments, okay? I'll give folks... Yeah, a, because if yeah. you've got a mesh rub, it's important to know whether that <laughs> needs, needs to be allowed to remain or That's needs right. to be sent yeah. off to the composter in the sky. Okay, Rochelle, paper <laughs> and pencil in hand. We've got it here, so write to Charlie Dobbin, that's C... Dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay? And thank you for the call. Shelley in St. Catharines, good morning and welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. I have a beautiful burgundy hibiscus. Mm-hmm. And I called you earlier in the spring and you told me to take cuttings off it and to put them in water and roots would grow. Mm-hmm. Well, I took eight cuttings, yep. and my normally green thumb must have turned brown because of the eight. All I got is one. Oh, the other one just rotted away, did they? Yes. Mm-hmm. I have two new cuttings that I took off, and I have them in water. Yeah. And um, I'm just wondering, is, is, there, <laughs> is there something else I'm supposed to do? Well, did you – I mean, one thing you can do that will always help – cuttings be more successful is uh, dipping the cut end of the cutting into a rooting hormone. Okay, I didn't do that. So in St. Catharines, you could go to any good garden center, of which I know you have many, and you just ask for something called stim root. I have some of that. Oh, do you? Okay, so stim root is a rooting hormone. It's a little white bottle with powder inside it. Right. And, um, yeah, so even just now, go to those hibiscus cuttings that you have on hand. Yes. Uh, they're nice and wet because they've been in water. So right. you take those wet stems, you jam those wet stems right into the powder. Then you tap 
this this um, cuttings with your finger to tap off excess powder. So there's just a nice light coating of the powder on the cuttings, right. and then back into your water. Now make sure you do freshen the water. You know, change it up every few days or week at the most, just to keep the water from you know growing algae and that sort of thing. Right. Well, the, on my stems that I have right now, mm-hmm. um, I have white buds. Yeah, bumps. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's, that's the beginning of roots. So they're the beginning of the roots. So <clears throat> yep. should I still do the stem root on... Uh, it'll speed it up. It yeah. will it? Yeah, it will. Okay. Yeah, that and white... how long should the roots get to be before I transplant them? Oh, they can, they can be, you know, half quarter of an inch, tiny. They don't have to be much at all. Okay. The, the main thing is to have some root on there before you go into soil. Though, actually, hibiscus can survive straight, just a cutting straight into soil. Yes. But um, you do need to and that keep out of the sun and then put a plastic wrap over top, not tight, but just loosely plastic wrap, because without roots, the plant is losing moisture through its leaves and it will just desiccate and die in a pot of soil. So that's why, you know, it, it can be done, but you have to do everything to maintain moisture in the plant. Right. Well, it's in the water and it's in a kind of a north-northeast window, so it doesn't That's, get any sun. Yeah, it could be in the sun because it's in the water, and then yeah. as soon as you get planted into soil again, you know, potting soil again into the sun is fine. Okay. Excellent. Hey, well, now you. I know why this plant is so hard to find with this color. Uh, you know what? It could be that that's exactly it. Sometimes yes. the unusual are the hardest ones to propagate. Yes. So good well, for you. Thank you for all your help. We'll, My we'll pleasure. See how well we do. I'll all let right. you know. Let us know yeah, exactly. Keep in touch. Thank you, Shelley. Uh, right here on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Uh, we, uh, well, I say we, we, Charlie and I are going to just step back momentarily, mm-hmm. give the uh, front and center. Maybe to admire our, your our socks sponsors. for well, a yes. while. Do you like those socks? I do like those socks. They're very yes. natty. Oh, stealing my word. Natty, I say. All right. On those gams of yours. Except I guess men don't have gams, right? Aren't gams like a woman thing? No, it's just usually ladies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, now, where was I? Uh, Sponsors. we're going to stand back (laughs) and give front and center attention to our fine sponsors. And by the way, Mm. to any potential advertisers out this is a marvelous show because you could reach all over the province of ontario not Any, to mention yeah. new, northern new york well of course or and all over the world states yeah. think, of, think we have web listeners all over the world i know we've got and, peter in belgium we've got people all over so just go on online there to uh, uh am 740 and contact the sales department or, and you'll, you'll have a chance to get your message on just like this Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, uh, sitting alongside Charlie Dobbin right now. Uh, I sound like you said Dobbin. It's actually Dobbin. Dobbin, yes. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Dobbin is the stuff you put on your boots to protect from the winter snow. Uh, Just just below your gams. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When you're wearing natty socks. So, um, (laughs) but you mentioned that if any potential... Uh, sponsors out there wanted to advertise on our yeah. extremely popular radio show, which reaches across the universe, that they should contact the sales department, and I think it'd be better to contact us. 
Oh, okay. Because we know all about the show, and you know, we both have very easy address uh, email addresses. If anybody would like to contact C. Dobbin at mzmedia.com or F. Proctor at mzmedia.com. Yeah, we'll, we'll we meet can with you. exactly. We okay. can meet with you and, and introduce you to the sales department. There That's the way it works. Okay. Now off to Guelph to mm-hmm. say hi to Selma. Good morning, Selma. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, and good morning to you both. Good morning. I have a Japanese wisteria, mm-hmm. beautiful plant. Yes. It has seed pods. Oh, yeah, nice. So oh, it, about 30 of them. It obviously flowered this year. Oh, it did. Nice. First year, it was in the ground, and it was gorgeous. Oh, this is the first year you just planted it? Yes. Wow, you've got something good going on there. Mm. Because so, most people wait for many years for their wisteria to actually yes, bloom. Yes, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, hmm, <laughs> green thumb, maybe. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> it's that Guelph air. <laughs> it must be. Eh? <laughs> you never know. Or I the know. water, one or the other. <laughs> so, I'd like to propagate those seed hmm. pods. How can I do that? Okay, so that's a good question. I it's a and for sure it's a Japanese wisteria that you've got. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what I need to do is I'm gonna have to look that up to be very specific. I mean, off the top of my head, you would you would mimic Mother Nature, and what Mother Nature would do in Japan is ripen up those seed pods towards the end of the summer. And of course, it's a legume. Wisteria is a legume, so they just look like big, you know, beans. Mm-hmm. And and once they're ripe, so you don't take them off, they're still green, likely, or have they turned uh, more brown? Okay. Because, it, you know, maturity yeah. will come with, they'll get dark colored. And, uh, but I will, what I'll need to do is probably best to assume I will report back on this top of the show next week, uh, the specifics on propagating wisteria from seed, but you have to be very patient because wisteria from seed will take years and years and years to flower. But gardeners are very patient. I uh, know it. Go. They have to be. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, right? I know. Oh, that's right. Sometimes. It's, no, it's absolutely true. So, no, it's a great idea, and you're having good success. Now, you make sure you've got some good, sharp pruners on your belt at all times because that wisteria that you've got growing needs to be controlled and mm-hmm. pruned more than once a season. Well, and you know, I did have one a couple of years ago at the end of the deck, mm-hmm. and it grew and it broke the deck, mm-hmm. the railing on the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, never got a flower. Um, I hit it with a hockey stick and a shovel and <laughs> <laughs> dug around the root system about three feet out, uh-huh. and still, it never did a thing. Still never flowered. Wow. So when this one flowered, I was so pleased. That's great. Well, I remember, think. break the deck, break the house, break anything. That's a heavy, vigorous vine, so be prepared. And I must compliment you and tell you how pleased I am. We were talking about an amaryllis last year. Mm-hmm. After Christmas, I put it in a pot and put it in the basement, put mm-hmm. it outside in the spring, mm-hmm. while my amaryllis now now thinks it's Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> it has four huge red blooms on it. That's wow. great. Well, that's great. A success story. Yeah, we like to hear those. That's great. That. And so, again, you're doing something very right. You must be, you know, double green-thumbed. The only <laughs> bad part is the hummingbirds don't know what to do with it. 
Oh, yeah. Well, they, they get stuck inside. It and they're not too sure what it is. <laughs> it's so big. They're not used to such a huge trumpet-shaped they flower. They get lost, yeah. <laughs> Selma, thank you very much for contacting us and uh, getting on the air. It's a good Charlie. thing hummingbirds can fly yeah. backwards. Right? That's right. So they go in, they can still get out. <laughs> and true. Beep, beep, it would beep, swallow beep, them up. They're back, right. backing up. That's what I mean. Beep, beep. Anyway, uh, okay, thanks. So I will listen next week yeah. about the wisteria, and thanks so much, and have an awesome day, both of you. Thanks thank so you much, very you much. too. And thanks for your patience. Patience. I love that. Gardeners have patience. Patience is a virtue. Yes. Boy, how often have we said that? Leona in Port Colburn. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a plant. I'm not sure the name. If I explain it, I'm sure you can. I got it for Christmas. It was a bulb in a pot. And it grew beautiful. It had three beautiful flowers on it. Mm-hmm. Now, when the flowers died off, I cut it back. Mm-hmm. And then the leaves cut off. They turned brown and just fell over. Mm-hmm. So I got busy and I didn't do nothing with it. But it, it grew. I was shocked. I had it in a, kind of a dark room and didn't pay no attention. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I went in and it's got this, these large leaves. They're about uh, two feet tall. Uh-huh. So, well, I'll just leave it. So I did, and the same thing happened. They lasted for quite a while, and then they died down and fell off. Mm-hmm. So I, I just chopped it off and put it back. Well, it's grown again. This is the third time. <laughs> no flowers, just leaves. Okay. So it's that, and the leaves you said like two feet long and they're about an inch or inch and a half wide, right? Yeah. So they're lot that, that beautiful big flower you get at Christmas Day. Well, a lot of it in pots. So you need to get in touch with Selma, our last caller, because <laughs> she she was just talking about amaryllis, which is what you're talking okay. about as well. Yeah. So the trick with amaryllis, I mean, you it sounds like you're pretty much doing the right thing. The 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 way it works is those green leaves are used by the plant to fatten the bulb up again post-flowering. So um, we allow those green leaves to grow in a sunny room or outside in the garden. During the summer, we water as required. The leaves grow. It's, it's just a big plant with these big, long leaves. But at some point, you do stop watering, and you do, just as you did, go into that dark room, put the pots there, and just forget about it. Stop watering. Leaves turn brown. Leave it at least eight weeks in that dark room and then bring it out into the light that give it water once and the first thing that comes up should be a flower it's oh, a flower beautiful. stem first and then great. leaves again so it's this whole process of flowers and then leaves and then you know photosynthesizing for a number of months and then asleep and then back out into the sun flowers leaves so it's just a, a cycle and a process mm. so yeah uh, stay on it I mean obviously it sounds like a happy plant the trick is to get it to, to get the flower going so um, yeah, and then and sometimes we do have to just force them into sleep. If they just keep gro- growing green, stop uh, um, stop watering and into that dark room for eight to ten weeks. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, okay, I'm going to try that. All right, thanks Thank you for, for your, your call. Help. Thank you, and uh, that call from uh, Port Colburn. And let's say, oh hey, you know what? We got a first time caller. Nice. Here. Yeah, Pauline in Scarborough. There well, you go. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Welcome. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, I, uh, I've got a question about uh, how to get rid of tree root suckers from uh, an elm tree that was uh, removed last spring. Mm-hmm. We removed the stump mm-hmm. and some of the bigger roots, but we couldn't get to all the mm-hmm. roots. Uh, then we reseeded, and uh, now this summer I've been battling these suckers that are popping up all over my front lawn. Mm-hmm. Is there a safe way to kill them without killing all the grass around it? Or mm-hmm. Nope. 
No? No. You won't, yeah, you won't kill them that way. So when you say remove the stump, was it a stump grinder that came in and ground? No, my husband just removed it. Oh, really? He dug down and... and Good man. (laughs) Hire him. Yeah, he's he's removed it before, so it it just took a lot of time, but he did it. But you're right. The roots are down there, and the roots still have energy in them, which is why they're shooting up those those suckers or those, you know, stems. And as soon as those stems get above ground, they pop some leaves out, get a little sunshine on those mm-hmm. green leaves, and they get more vigor, right? They're, they gain energy yeah. from the sun. I see. So your challenge is, I would, is to, to not allow any green growth from those suckers, uh, and eventually the roots will run out of strength and energy. How do you do that? Well, number one, mowing the lawn helps because mowing the lawn is taking the tops off those suckers. Yeah. The other thing I would consider is... Uh, top dressing your lawn with some very good quality organic matter. So it could be, um, you know, it could be just a good quality triple mix. Um, bottom line is it's getting those, the bacteria and all those little microscopic, you know, things, microscopic life into your soil, which will start that process and speed up that process of decomposition of those roots. Because that's partly what's got to go on, right? The roots have to have to go away. They have to die. And it'll be mush. You'll see some mushrooms popping up for a while too, right? Because fungus does a lot of of decomposition for us underground. And that's when, you know, know, that'll be your next call in about a year. So what do I do with all those (laughs) mushrooms that are popping up? So, and, and again, it's just that process of those roots have to decompose. So I would just do everything in my power to don't let them, you know, suck any sunshine and and do whatever you can to make the, the soil as sort of vigorous as you can to speed it all up. Okay. So I guess okay. I'll just basically, that's I've just been digging them out as mm-hmm. they pop out. Uh, and then I have done that, but I, I didn't realize the, um, the triple mix would work. So that's great. Yeah, I'll, uh, it'll I'll try it. that and hopefully... Um, in a year or so, they'll all be gone. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But remember, gardeners have to have patience. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I just heard that. It's, it's true. It's true. It's totally true. <laughs> Thanks for the call, okay, Pauline. thank you. All righty. Join us again anytime, okay? Doors always open here at Zoomer Radio. And uh, hello to Anthony here in Toronto. Good morning, Anthony. Uh, yes. Uh Yes. Uh, my question is, uh, uh, good morning, Ali and Frank. Good morning. Uh, yes. Uh, I've got some tomato plants that I planted uh, like three three months ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they were growing, I used some treated wood to sort of border the garden. Mm-hmm. And I went to Lowe's the other day, and they said, "Look, you cannot use treated wood for your garden for your vegetable garden. You can use it for your flower garden because uh, eventually the you know the the chemicals from the treated wood would go into the plants and to the roots and their and their." Uh, and it'll go back to the to the tomatoes. Mm. So uh, you see, uh, now I've got beautiful ripe tomatoes, mm. and I'm wondering whether I could uh, eat them. Well, tell me about the treated wood. Where did you buy it? I bought it from uh, from Lowe's. Okay, and the way okay, there was a time when wood was treated to to slow it down. You know, any decomposition of the wood with a real mix of chemicals, including arsenic. Mm. And that's what got a lot of people very uptight about, you know, eating vegetables from soil that have been exposed to leaching of arsenic from the wood. But that is no longer the case. So I'm surprised that Lowe's would have said that. As far as I know, now again, I'll have to look this up, but as far as I know, the treatment that is done on the wood 
wood that we use to build fences and to build Pressure treated yeah, wood, yeah. raised beds and all that sort of thing. It, it is definitely a chemical that does slow down decomposition, but it should not be at all toxic to your soil or to you. So I'm going to just look that up quickly to find out what – I find it interesting that Lowe's is selling the pressure-treated wood and then turning around and saying, oh, but you shouldn't use it in the garden where you've got edible plants. Hmm. Uh, just because that – it's changed. I mean the, the whole treatment to, to create pressure-treated wood changed about you know, 10 years ago when uh, you know, alarms were raised about this whole arsenic question. Uh, but uh, the reason like uh, that I went to Lowe's just to, just to find out about mm-hmm. it, and the guide said you can use it for your, your normal garden, like for your flower garden, but mm-hmm. not for your vegetable garden. Because uh, the chemicals would eventually, uh, you know, go into the roots and, and they're in, into the fruit. So I was a bit worried about it and I got this beautiful tomato yeah. and I didn't know what to do with it. Well, okay, so because... Do you think it's okay to, to, uh, to eat those tomatoes? I do. Uh, you know, partially wise, because, well, when did you uh, install, was the wood this year uh, installed? Actually, I had the plants going. And just to sort of border the garden, I got this uh, treated wood. Mm-hmm. So it sort of it was there for about a month or so, and then I realized that maybe it's the wrong thing to do, and I I got the wood out. But uh, oh, oh, so you've even by, taken by it now. In the meantime, the I, I understand maybe the damage is already done because uh, it rained a few times, and I watered the garden. Of course, yeah. You know yeah. the uh, the wood got wet and and. Uh, chemicals probably went in the soil. Right. But, I was a bit worried about it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just looking here quickly because I can't um, do, maybe, you know what I would suggest you do is send an email. Well, I'm just looking here at Lowe's pressure-treated lumber, and of course there's quite a number of choices uh, of, of pressure-treated, but I imagine what, they're just like two-by-fours that you got, or were they the four-by-four? Four? No, this is, I think it's uh, just, just a bar of the fence. It's like a it's like a two by two by eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, or two by six even. All yeah. right. And so what, what I would like to do is I'm just, I mean, I would send them a quick email if I were you. I would send an email directly to Lowe's or, or go back to the store. I mean, depending on who you spoke yeah. with, yeah. because there's a lot of different staff with a lot of different levels of knowledge. So I would ask to speak to the lumber supervisor or, you know, somebody who really has knowledge. Perhaps you did already speak to that person. I'm not sure. But just, you know, a staff who kind of casually says, oh, you know, I'd be careful of pressure treated and, and edibles. I am, um, you know, it, number Charlie one, it, doubts it. it wouldn't happen mm. that fast. Any kind of um, residue off of the pressure treated wood into the soil being absorbed up into the tomatoes and into the fruit is going to be such minuscule quantities that I personally wouldn't worry about it. But if you want to just confirm for yourself, like I said, I'd go back to the store, speak to a supervisor or send an email to directly to Lowe's and just ask the question, you know, is what exact what are you actually treating this wood with is the question to make it pressure treated. Okay. All right. Thank All you, right. Anthony, very much. An interesting I'll question. See, yeah, and I'll see if I can find out anything in the meantime as well. All righty. All right. Thank you very much. Thank All you so right. much Thank for joining you. the show, too. Um, <laughs> we have a screen here, and, uh, of course, Sebastian will talk to the uh, callers first and find out what uh, what's going on. And I love – we're going to be talking to Bert very shortly here, <laughs> and I love his little note. Uh, he didn't mark him. 
dying burning bush. Help! <laughs> so we're going to come back, and uh, Charlie will help you out with that, I'm sure, Bert. So hang tight. Back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, here we go, out to Markham to help Bert out there with that burning bush. <laughs> Hello, Bert. Welcome to the show. Yes, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I listen to your show every day, every Saturday pretty well. I've got three burning bush shrubs. Mm-hmm. And this early this summer, the one in the backyard, the leaves started to curl at the ends. Mm-hmm. Nothing seemed to be eating it. And over a period of about four or five weeks, it just died. Okay, so I, now I have one in the front yard. It's starting to do the same thing. Same thing. The tips of the leaves just slowly curl up, and then the whole thing starts. And then to... they start. Uh, the one in the front hasn't started turning brown yet, but I'm afraid it's going to. Yeah, exactly. And so... I can't see anything eating it. No bugs or worms or scale or anything like that. Okay, so tell me, have you looked or did you notice last winter or early spring that had there been any damage to the bark? Of... No, I I, uh, I put chicken wire because we have oh, a lot of deer and rabbits. Right. Right. And they, it's a preferred food. And of uh, they love burning bush. Yes, they oh, do. They strip it. Yeah. So I, I uh, put hmm. posts in and uh, chicken wire around all of them every year. For the winter. And, and the... they get lots of water. Wow. The one in the front, in fact, is off a little irrigation system from my rain barrel. Mm-hmm. And so it's never yeah. dried out. Hmm. I can't figure what is killing these things. They're about I don't know, 10, 12 years old, about five. I keep them trimmed about five feet high. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm puzzled too, because in my in my experience, what does end up causing the demise of burning bush is is exactly what we just talked about, which is rabbits or deer, and they'll girdle the plant down oh, low, yeah. like just take all the bark off at at the top of the snow line, and then it looks like a perfectly happy plant, but if you look closely, you realize that this bark is missing, and that's what kills the yeah. plant eventually. But no, that clearly hasn't been your problem. Every fall, I go out and I have about forty shrubs that I protect from. The deer and the rabbits and the voles. Wow, this is a good question. Because yeah, euonymus and scale, of course. I mean, burning bush is a form of euonymus. Um, scale can be a problem, and you said you've looked really closely. You see no odd bumps. Nice green leaves. No, no sign of anything. Uh, and on the stems, you don't see any any oddities. It, it, it looks the for all the world like they're they're dying of thirst. Uh-huh, like they wilt. But I. I'm sure they're not. Because no. They get a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not getting overwatered, you don't think? They're not drowning. Can overwater them? You can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can overwater any plant. Well, I know the one out back, yeah. it never could get overwatered because it was not on this irrigation thing. I just have hose, some mm-hmm. holes drilled in it next to each shrub along this one garden. And when the rain barrel's full, I just open the tap and they all get a drink. All right. I don't think that would really overwater them. No. Well, and Markham, I tend to think the soil tends to be very heavy, very clay soil, but I imagine you've improved your soil. Oh, it gets loads of 
compost. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is great. Hmm. Wow. Oh, this is just, I'm puzzled by you this, too. You have stumped Charlie. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Again, <laughs> we're going to just have to leave that one with me. And boy, am I getting a lot of homework this show. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will help you give me. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'll see if I can come up with any, any ideas there, because that's really, I just, scale would be the one thing. So, yeah, look really closely at those stems. See if you see any little bumps along the stems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, otherwise, and the other, I know spider mite can be a problem. Yeah, so, no, I, see, I know. Any webbing. Mites, but I don't see any sign of those. Yeah, you won't see the mites, but you could see webbing. So look yeah, really, yeah, really closely for anything like that. But otherwise, yeah, I'm stumped too. So leave it with me. I'll see if I can come up with anything for next show. Okay. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you, Bert. Uh, and uh, we've got Bob on the line. We'll get to Bob and Don Mills in just a moment. You are listening to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we go, as promised, out to Don Mills. Charlie, there's Bob. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to the show. Hey, Frank. Hello, Charlie. Good morning. Somebody gave us an orchid. Mm-hmm. It bloomed wonderfully for about three months. Nice. Uh, the flowers then dropped. Uh, somebody advised us to cut it back to the third nodule, which we did. And I guess our question is, what's the best thing to do now to ensure it blooms again? Mm-hmm. Great question. Mm-hmm. So you've got... It's doing well so far. It's nice and green and shiny leaves. After the flowers dropped uh, and we cut it back, we actually put it out in the humidity this summer. and seems to love the nice hot weather, and we have another week of that. We'll bring it back in while that stops, but we're just wondering what to do. Well, so before you bring it in, get yourself a pail or a tub of some kind, preferably filled with rainwater, but either way, with water that's ambient temperature and has been sitting outside for a while. Right. And what I would do is I would dunk the entire orchid, pot and all, under the water. Wow. And the reason you're going to do that partially is because you're going to water it super thoroughly by doing that. But also if there's any uh, earwigs or whatever has climbed into that pot and made a home in there, you will eliminate them because they don't like being underwater. Mm -hmm. And so you'll just hold the orchid underwater long enough until all the air bubbles have come out. Mm -hmm. might take a couple minutes, three or four minutes. Then you'll lift the orchid up out of that tub of water. If any of the bark has floated away in that tub, scoop the bark out and put it back uh, into the pot. Mm -hmm. Let it drain thoroughly. Then into the house, northern or eastern window is best, so bright but not direct sunlight. Uh, Or, you know, 10 feet away from a southern or a western window. So, again, bright but doesn't have to be direct sunlight. And and that watering method, I find, works very, very well throughout the winter. Because orchids do suffer from the very low humidity during the winter. And our, you know, furnaces and all that hot air blowing around. So that dunking underwater is something that orchids just love. It gives them that that all-round moisture that they need. But, of course, you need to allow the plant to dry out between those waters. So depending on the temperature of the room and the amount of light it's in, you might do that every 10 days, every two weeks, every week. Just kind of depends on how quickly the plant dries out. Right. Fertilizer, uh, you could fertilize 
now, but I would, you know, just the one time, but I wouldn't do a, and a lot of fertilizing as we move into the shorter days of the wintertime unless the plant starts to flower. Right. If you start to see a flower spike come up, then yes, indeed, you can fertilize to control to um, help support that. But yeah, the orchids are actually easier than we think. And, and I know because yeah. yeah. I have certainly killed lots of orchids, you know, no question. <laughs> um, misting is a really good idea, too. You know, a little spritzer. Uh, if you like to do that, do that daily, again, during the winter, particularly when, when the humidity is so low. Got it. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, we hey. know what we're doing for the winter now. Yes, yeah. indeed. Let us know how that works out. Thanks so right much. Again. Right? Hey, hey, listen I, to my, my gardening buddy here, <laughs> well, Phalaenopsis. We, yes, we went to the, uh, the uh, orchid, show. orchid show. That's there. right. So, yeah. Bob, we'll be talking about the orchid show. It happens every year in whenever that was, January, February. So right. it's at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. And if you're in Don Mills, you're not far away. So there you it's go. Phalaenopsis and nematodes, my special. All right. Phalaenopsis <laughs> is the Latin name for what is commonly called a moth orchid, which is the ones we see right. everywhere for sale. Mostly. Yes. Okay. Hey, Eva in Innisville, we're going to squeeze you in here. Good morning. Oh, I thank you very much. I would like to ask you a short question. Is it too early to try to transplant the plant either outside or inside? Uh, transplanting, as, well, for indoor plants, like a repotting of an indoor plant? Yes, Gr- and then dividing them, and the outside one I was thinking to bringing in. Oh, okay, well, good questions. Um, the repotting I prefer to do in the spring, but, okay. but I know sometimes people like to repot if plants are, out, like tropical plants have been outside all summer, and they're going to bring them in for the winter, they like to do a fresh pot and fresh soil, so definitely you could do that now. Yeah, um, and, and as you heard our last caller, Bob's had his orchid outside all summer, he's looking to bring it in next week he's mm. using labor day as his time to come in because that is you know that temperatures are still warm mm-hmm. no risk of frost yeah and uh, and that's good because if it's a tender tender plant it is better to plan to bring it in by next weekend and you're taking out the onions then uh, you know what you're putting in next year oh so so and you're talking about planting some stuff or dividing some things in the garden yeah 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 it's a good time, except I'm looking at the forecast, and they're talking 30 degrees next week. And that's a bit warm unless you can, you're home, you're not going anywhere, and you can stay on top of watering as necessary. Okay. Okay? Thank but, you very much. But, yeah, if you can hold off till next week, and I would hold off with my digging and dividing till then. Oh, that's great. So I have to wait for a cooler weather, right? I would, yeah. And the inside one can be done in the spring. Right away. Thank you very or much. Or the spring. Okay. Thank you very much, call. Eva. And quickly, if we yeah, can, yeah. look at this little note. Uh, mm-hmm. Alma is on the line with some information about pressure-treated wood we had uh, from, I think it was Anthony, was it not? In any case, hello, Alma. Hi, how are you? Good. Hi there. Yeah, it is regarding pressure-treated lumber. That guy was asking about his tomatoes. Yes. Yeah, I have pressure lumber uh, in my garden last 10 years, and I've been eating my tomatoes, and I'm still alive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> You're so living you proof. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, all right, you. thanks for your call. Thanks. All right, Anthony, thanks, I hope you're still listening. Alma, <laughs> Alma is living proof that it's okay to eat tomatoes out of your garden when it's oh, encircled by pressure-treated wood. Now, I did send a quick email to Lowe's and... The representative has come back to say that this she can't answer, but she's going to consult with a specialist and that they would uh, – and I'll get them to email me. So more on that next week as well. You've got, you got a lot of homework. You're right. I know. 
Well, I see the boys from uh, Dave's Corner Garage have arrived. You're getting all set for Hank David. Re- revving their engines. Yes, indeed. All right, my mother will be happy that they're they're here yeah, today now, because you know she does Dolly, love their show. Dolly is a huge fan of, of the Dave's Corner guys. Garage. She yeah. loves them. She thinks they're just the funniest people. They should have stand-up routines on the Comedy Network. Well, I, think. I you know, and yeah, whatever. I'm a little. I am too. I thought, I thought my mother loved me. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Charlie, we've got a scoot. Uh, we have about uh, 40 and, seconds. And you, my dear, are you back later? Yes, yes. I'll be back uh, 2 to 3.30, leading the way towards some wonderful programming throughout the rest of the afternoon as well. But we'll have lots of music and things to do and, and see and live in the city here on Nice. All right. Well, thanks so much, Frank. Appreciate all the help. And, of course, Sebastian couldn't do it without him. And to all our great callers, even with the tough questions. Yeah, and Alma, <laughs> I'm so glad you're still alive. I, I know, that is just I know. And I hope, I hope Anthony heard that. <laughs> and also, I'll, I'll get some information from Lois to find out what they use. Thanks, everybody. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.